Hi everyone, this is Dave Newbert, Marketing Director for Eagle Eye Power Solutions, and welcome to our podcast, DC Power Hour, the show where we will discuss everything related to, you guessed it, critical DC power solutions. So charge up, power on, or do whatever it takes to get yourself excited for the episode of DC Power Hour. Welcome back everyone to another episode of DC Power Hour. Very excited to get back on the microphone here with our two guys from the Battery Blarney Duo to talk about a great topic. Once again, the the BatCon 2023 recap. We've been kind of waiting a, a few weeks to be able to do this. George has been traveling, doing some, some training around North America. So he's actually in studio with us, which is which is great. So welcome, George. And then Alan is visiting remotely as as he often does. So th- welcome, guys. Great to see you. And George, how does it feel to be at HQ here this week? It's interesting. It's that's that's what I'll describe it. It's interesting. There's there's a lot to do. It keeps me busy while I'm here. But it's nice to have a chance to have a chat with Alan about what his thoughts were on the 25th BatCon. It was quite a celebration. It, it was, George, and what I thought we might start off by doing is a little bit of background okay. for people that might not be aware of BatCon, and then I'm going to let you do most of the talking, George, which is a bit unusual, but you, we were both at BatCon, but George was in more of the sessions, paper sessions, than I was, so because of various things, but anyway... Back to the beginning, in the mid, well, BatCon first started in 19, I believe it was 97. Well, early 1990s, when five regulated lead acid batteries were coming into vogue, a lot of things started happening. One of them was that the users were getting frustrated because they were having problems, to say the least. And... The manufacturers were getting frustrated because they didn't think the users were using the batteries properly. And right in the middle was the installers and the integrators. So fingers were being pointed in every direction. And we, George and I were at a conference in California, several conferences. And we talked to several people there, some of them who were really, really mad. I'm sure George would remember that but really mad. And we said, well, maybe we can do something to sort this mess out. And I got together with an old friend of mine, Glenn Elber, and he agreed with me. And about a year after that, emails back and forward and everything else, lo and behold, Glenn and his company offered to sponsor a conference, and we called it BatCon. And the aim of this conference was to maybe stop some of the spears that were being thrown around, deflect some of the arrows. And the first BATCOM was held in Fort Lauderdale in Florida, 1997, I believe it was May of 1997. And the reason that was, was held in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, is that's basically next door to where Albert was located, the corporate office was located. A well-known figure in the industry, well-respected gentleman called Marco Migliero, shared the first conference, first BATCON conference, uh, which unfortunately George had to miss 
uh, but you had to go and earn some money for the company. But Marco did a good job, but come back on number two, 1998, for various reasons, Marco couldn't chair the conference. And I landed at Fort Lauderdale Airport on the, I believe it was the Saturday, the Sunday before the conference. And I got a phone call. I got a, a beep in those days and I called the number back and it was one of the Albert employees and said, Alan, can you chair the conference? So I thought, I didn't really have time to think. I said, well, I'll be there shortly, so let's talk about it. So long story short, I started chairing the conference and, and it grew a couple of hundred attendees that first year. Second year, about 250 attendees. Then it started growing and we moved from overhead projectors to PowerPoint presentations. I believe the we had to move out of Fort Lauderdale, the Marriott in Fort Lauderdale, because the conference outgrew it. So we had to go to bigger hotels. So we moved around Florida, but we decided to keep it in Florida. Everybody wanted to go to Florida in April, May time. So we kept it in Florida and it grew to its peak in the 2000s to about, I believe the number was 560 attendees and 74 exhibitors. So then came COVID, put its screws on it for a while, but we had a very successful one this year, once again in Florida, it was in Orlando, I believe it was 440 attendees and about 40 exhibitors. And I'll let George take it from there, but I'm going to add something later on as to the way forward with BATCON. So, George, are, th are those your recollections? Oh, those are my recollections, Alan, and I still would like to know what that was on that Irish penny that we tossed to decide who was going to go to BATCON and who was going to go and change out a 1200-amp bay on a live fibre optic system next to a railroad in Fort Worth. You know, the whole bay had to be changed out. I went and did that. You went to BATCON. And I, I will never live it down. Oh, you will never live it down. <laughs> Believe me. But anyway, you know, apart from that, it's you've been involved in it and, you know, everybody agrees you did a superb job, you know, even if some of your humour was a bit sick on occasions and got you into trouble. But, you know, it, it was a great conference and it still is. That's the whole point. One of the sad things about it is, in some ways, is that the reason that it was started. The reason we all talked about it, as you said, at the other conferences was because of the need of education of people about batteries. And when you when you think about it, that I believe it was just under 50% of the attendees of the last BATCON here were people that were coming for the first time to learn something about batteries. You know, so we obviously it's a, it's a key part of the overall training exercise. I think that's probably one of the most important things it provides. It, it's always had a large element of first-time attendees, hasn't it? it? It has, and just let me qualify things here, George, for those that are not familiar. BATCON is purely about stationary batteries, although the, the, the use of stationary batteries is rapidly expanding. But yes, you're right. We tend to get a lot of utility company attendees, UPS data center people, telecom people. And now we're getting a lot of energy storage people coming into the picture. And uh, we started with basically talking about lead acid batteries. 
nickel-cadmium batteries, both types of lead acid, the Ventit and the VRLA. And now we're talking about emergency technologies, various chemistries. So it's expanded in that direction. The reason we get so many first-time attendees, George, I think, is that some of the old older folks like us, the companies are no longer supporting them to go to BATCOM or else they've retired. So it's great to see these all these newbies come in. And, you know, I go out of my way. I'm sure you did this, George, to talk to some of them. Welcome to BATCON. And everybody I talked to, they were basically, it exceeded their expectations. That's what they said. Yes, so, I totally agree with that. I had I did a training course out in Wyoming last year. And I talked about back as I do all my training courses, I talk about BATCON and the conference and, and the importance of it. And I had three of the people, including the the chief guy, they attended BATCON based on the thing. And when I spoke to them at the very end, they said, oh, we'll be back next year because they, they really enjoyed it. They found it really, really informational, not just not just the sessions, but the people that were manning the booths was one of the comments one of the guys said. He said, they're all willing to stand there and talk to you. You know, he said, maybe it helps because you've both got a drink in your hands, but it, it, they, don't, they do want to talk to you. And they're interested. It, it, you, don't, you don't have to be buying something for them to tell you what they do. And he, that was that's an interesting comment. You know, so basically what we're saying is that the, the trade shows in the evening is a continuation of the education process that went on during the day in the sessions. Oh, it's, it's not a it's not a, a separate commercial function. It's, it's it's part of the overall conference. We we decided that from day one, basically, George, as you know, that obviously we wanted a trade show. They're the, the exhibitors are basically the people that pay for a lot of the conference. But we decided we've been to other conferences, George, you and I. Intellect, Big C, and they had the trade shows going on at the same time as the conference. And it's just that didn't work. So we said, VATCON, we're going to have the paper sessions during the day, presentations during the day, panel sessions during the day. And some of those later on, it morphed into breakout sessions. But the trade show was always at night. And the hospitality suites were always at night. We wouldn't allow any hospitality suites during the conference itself. So before you go and talk more detail about this year's conference, Georgia, I'd like to give a quick summary of how people always wonder how the presentations are selected. Well, BATCON has a committee, technical, the technical committee, and that's made up of cross-section of the industry. Now we have utility people, we have UPS people, we have manufacturers, we have integrators, we have installers, and telecom people, all on this selection committee. And papers are sent in. Pretty, We have a pretty good time schedule, which always seems to slip, but we build that into the paper selection process. So each one of the technical committee reads the paper that we... First of all, they send in an abstract, and the technical committee reads the abstract and said, as... It'll probably be interesting. This is a great topic. Or they say, well, not another paper on whatever it is, you know, monitoring or something like that. So some of the abstracts don't don't make it to the paper writing process. 
So once the abstracts are accepted, probably about 50% of the abstracts are accepted. Once that happens, the, the contributors are asked to write a paper and that's submitted. And the committee goes, each member of the committee reads that paper. We have some people that are nitpickers and they want the I's crossed and the, the T's crossed and the I's dotted, but others look at it from a more lenient point of view. And, but we always try and make sure of two things. One is that it's not commercial. And the other thing is that technically it's correct. We have a gentleman who is a writer, experienced writer, and he reviews every paper for grammar and everything else. So that's how the papers make it to BATCON. And it's no easy process. And I always have great admiration for those who submit papers and follow through, right through the uh, writing the paper, having it accepted and presenting it at BATCON. And George, you're a, you're a presenter from way back. So tell us how you feel about that process. I think every time I set out to do a paper, after I've got past the abstract part and it's accepted, the normal reaction is, why the hell am I doing this? Because I know what's got to come. And I know I've had people say to me, well, you're, you're lucky. You know, you know, well, you were the chair, you know, Alan, or you know the committee, so you know, it's easy. I have news for them. It's harder. The more times you present there, the harder it gets because they want very original material from you. And it can be absolutely no commercialism in it. And, you know, it's a case of if you even if you try to do anything like that, you get the comment, George, you know better. You know, the only thing I ever get away with is the fact that my punctuation isn't very good, you know, and I, I'm, I'm known for that. So, you know, I tend to write as I speak. And then if you punctuate it as I speak, then unfortunately it doesn't meet the, the grammar, you know, people on the committee. But I get there in the end. But, yes, it's, it is... It's a process, and what it ends up with is you end up with a really good quality set of papers to do. And it's, I think it's, it's nice because writing the paper and doing the, uh, doing the presentation has always been part of this type of conference. Intellect, for years before the BACCON started, which was the telecommunications power conference, it was exactly the same. You had to submit the abstract. It was accepted. Then you wrote the paper. And it, but they didn't. They didn't want you. They didn't ever want to see your presentation. You know that you missed that part out because once you once you've done, you've got the paper fully accepted, then you've got to put the presentation together, and send the the, the PowerPoint in so it can be vetted to make sure you're not putting any commercial stuff in there as well. You know, so it's a long process, and there's a lot of work goes in to do it. But that's that's. I think what you end up with is this quality type of program that we get with BACCON. You know, that's, that's hey, uh, you know, this year, you, as you're aware, George, we got a, a lot of papers on new, new, new tech, not so much new, well, new technologies, shall we call it, but new chemistries, basically. And we've not, we don't just look at the batteries, but we also look at all the peripheral stuff. We have papers on obviously battery monitoring. But we have papers on rectifier chargers, on battery charging, on all sorts of subjects. Your battery storage, 
about your recycling, all that sort of stuff. So we try and make it a, a big variety of stuff. And uh, it's fun on the opening day, people going through, well, they used to be able to go through a written handout as to the a brochure, as to the papers, and people trying to pick out the, the papers they wanted to be there for. And ones they didn't want to see, want to hear, because they wanted to go and goof off and play golf or something. And we used to monitor the attendees at every session or every you know, morning, afternoon session. And a lot of times we had very, very little spillage, we used to call it, and now it's people not attending the various sessions. So anyway, was anything that strikes you about the, this year's BatCon, George, that uh, was different or uh, you, you thought was very well received? I, I, I don't, there, there, there was one thing, a few people spoke about the fact that we had quite a few papers on standards throughout the, there was a lot of discussion on standards as well. And I think some people felt that that wasn't applicable to them, but I understand why it was there because we are continually introducing new standards as a result of, as you said, new battery technologies, all of that. So, you know, in order to keep people up to date and keep them advised, BatCon's an ideal place to do it. You can, I, I learned a lot in standards. I sat in in all the sessions just because it was a case of, oh, I didn't realize that had come in type thing. It wasn't necessarily applicable to what I'm normally working on or teaching on, but it was, that's interesting. It's, the, you know, it's how you, how you gain that level of information. But I thought in general, the, the cross-section of papers that we had as I say, covered a whole a whole range of subjects. And I think that one of the probably the biggest challenges that the technical committee had this year was trying to take such a cross-section of papers. In the in the past, it's been almost seemed slightly easier that you, you would have a group of papers on this sort of common subject and another group on an, are the same, and they could be put into sessions so that they were all the same. But the, the, we covered a lot of subject matter over the, the, the two and a half days. And it wasn't always, you know, trying to tie together a panel session that was exactly, the, you know, was all on a common subject wasn't, wasn't really possible, but it was still fascinating, you know. Um, well, as you know, I, I ended up speaking on the last day with Pete DeMar, who was on the panel. And theoretically, uh, you know, Pete and I both spoke at the first conference, but as they already know, I didn't quite make it. But I do have a plaque that said I did a paper with you on it. So you know, I'll claim to have been there for the first one, at least at least the work went into it. But it was it was it was interesting that there was two of us on there that had been involved at the very start. No? The, 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 and there was still a lot of people that were there. It's still organizing that are involved at the very start. But but the content was different. You know, I mean, it was much more, much more, as you said, much more involved in codes and standards, new technologies, starting to talk about energy storage in a, in a much bigger way because it's starting to play a huge part in what we're trying to do. Yeah, George, you, you mentioned that you were on the, the last day. Well, two and a half day conference, you know, we try and group the papers together. But uh, this year was a little bit different because. What we did decided to do was keep some good papers until the last day. And I'm sure you, 
I'm sure you're aware of that, George. Or you, at least you are now. So, no disrespect. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that we, we Pete Pete's a great guy. He's always a little bit controversial. So people like to, to hear Pete. And yours was a, kind of an excellent paper. We couldn't really slot it in anywhere. So we give George the task of trying to keep the audience intact here for the last day. So thank you, George. Well, you, you, yeah, it was nice to hear. But it's it's the it was actually very interesting. This I think says a lot for the quality of the conferences. That here we are. We're as you said, we're in Orlando. We used to finish on a Thursday. This time we were finishing on a Friday. We're not quite sure the reason. Maybe it was access to the hotel. Uh, but I have to admit, when I seen where I was when I was speaking, I'm thinking, okay, it's Friday. Half of them are going to want to leave early to catch the flight and go home because once they get off the airplane, they're finished for the weekend. And the other people that have brought their families down or their families are coming down and they're going to be off to see all the sights and sounds of Orlando. <clears throat> but as I, I went in and got mic'd up and looked out, I thought, I don't believe it. The conference hall was pretty well full. We hadn't lost very many people at all. And it was, you know... It was just, wow, okay, things have changed. It was, it was it, really good. The, uh, the, the reason, George, I believe that we started on a Tuesday rather than a Monday is that uh, a lot of the government entities don't like their employees traveling on a Sunday. And uh, the same with utility companies. So since we have the first day of BATCON consists of some tutorial sessions. We had three good tutorial sessions. The one on utility one on PRC 005 is always extremely well attended. I think we had about 50 or 60 people in that. And then we have batteries for basic, basic batteries and then more advanced session on batteries. But so they were on the, you know, we had to make allowance for those. So they started on the Tuesday rather than the Monday to allow people to travel on Monday. So mm -hmm. that, that's why that was done. But okay. a couple of new things about BATCON while I think of them, then I'll let you go on, George. One is that the conference doesn't release the names of the attendees because a lot of the attendees, a lot of the speakers even, don't want to be called, don't want to be contacted, don't want to be tried to be sold stuff. So... It was decided earlier on, we started the first BATCON, that a list of attendees would not be released. So the other unique thing about BATCON is that all the presentations, paper presentations, not the PowerPoints, are archived on the BATCON webpage. So, you know, you can go back and say, well, George spoke about the numbers game. We had some interesting points. Let me revisit that. So they can go into the archives. So all your previous papers, George, all my previous papers, and download them at no charge, download them from that archive. So, excuse me, that's, uh, that's something else that's very interesting. So we branched out a little bit, as you know. We also had breakout sessions. We started that because we, we decided there were three major groups there. Telecom people, utility people, and data center people, or in other words, UPS people. So we had a, some breakout sessions for them. 
And before I cough again, I'm going to hand it back to you, George. Okay. So as you, as you said, we, 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 you've got the breakout sessions. They, they, we've been doing this for a number of years now, and, and they work very, very well. You, you basically end up with a couple of, typically somebody from the technical committee and maybe somebody else to help them. And it becomes a, a question-answer session. And you do your best to answer and talk about it. I've been involved in a few of those over the years. And also, most the, call it, the, the breakout sessions and the panel discussions are always in the afternoon after lunch because that, that makes sense. You know, we're trying to keep people awake because the, the other part about BatCon is that lunch is included. So you, you, you don't have to go out to get lunch. You go and sit down. And I don't think I've ever been up disappointed in any of the lunches I've been served over all the years. So that's, that's a good aspect of it. But the actual panel sessions, I think they are getting better and better, to be honest, because the, the, the quality of the questions that we're getting from the, the actual audience are getting better. Some of, them are, some of them are being, you know, some of them are quite complicated. You have to really think about, you know, when you're sitting up there doing, I, I, did, a, I did a panel session this time and won the, last, the previous back on Somehow I found myself on panels as well as doing papers, but you you really have to think on your feet because of the question, the quality of the questions you're getting. You know, there's not there's not often a simple answer to it, and depending on who is with you on the panel, there can be discussion between the the panelists about what the correct answer is. And I think that's 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 a great demonstration of just how knowledgeable all the people we have working there are. Would you agree with that? Oh, certainly. The panel sessions, they... I want to say that we didn't have panel sessions, I don't think, at the first couple of bad counts. But that's proved to be one of the most popular things. And uh, we try and get uh, industry experts on the various panels. And believe you me, we have some real industry experts. Yeah. you're from the manufacturers and from the users. So the people that are on the panels, we think, have to be capable of answering the questions that are thrown at. So, so we like, it also gives a gives us a chance to try and stump the panel, ask a awkward question, or sometimes we feed the panel. That's what we call when we kind of run out of questions from the floor. One of the technical committee will get up and ask a question. So that is, it's just made up on the spot so to keep things moving. And I think that works very well. And talking about keeping things moving, each presenter, paper presenter, is allowed 20 minutes. When we say 20 minutes, we mean 20 minutes. Maybe 19, you obviously can get away with, but 21, and then we start worrying a little bit. And uh, when I was chairing one session, I got a reputation for pulling the mic out of somebody's hand, so they weren't taking the hints that they were well over their time. But uh, so anyway, so that's the other thing I love about that car. So and we, we look at some of the PowerPoint presentations and we say to ourselves, well, they're never going to cover that in 20 minutes. And we have to go back and say, hey, do you think you can cover this in 20 minutes? So PowerPoint presentations come back with maybe half the slides cut out of them because we discourage people using slides, PowerPoint slides as 
you know, to, to make the, help them remember what they're going to talk about. So we don't like them reading off the, the PowerPoints either. So I think that works rather well. I, I missed a lot of the sessions this year, George. So was the timekeeping still up to par? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I would say the, the only a couple of them overshot. But to be honest, the subject was so interesting. You know, you weren't going to heat the, it was just getting to the end of it. And it was a, it was a case of, yeah, they let him go. But it was, yeah, the, 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 the 20 minutes, when you, when you consider that you're trying to write a paper that is probably at least three pages long with a lot of technical information in it, and then they say to you, yeah, you've got 20 minutes and can you, you condense it all down and try and cover exactly what you talked about in your paper into this 20-minute time period. And what the, the audience don't realize is that there's a big clock in front of you most of the time that is counting down the minutes to you. And you're sort of standing up there looking at your slide alongside this clock that's counting down. You're trying to make sure that you hit it. I have a bit of fun. I, I, I always want to be there at 19 and a half minutes. I think it was 21 and about 20 and a half this time before the, I finished. But it was, you know, I was allowed that. But it's, it's, it is a challenge to keep it on time and keep it moving. So, but but it, also makes, it also makes the presentations fast-paced. And then we have, after each group of speakers, usually either three or four, then we have time allocated, usually about 30 minutes, for questions. And that works very well. We don't take let the speakers take questions during the presentation. That oh. just doesn't work. And if you've been to a conference that where that happens, you, you throw your eyes up in the air and say, my goodness, why, why did they let this happen? But uh, anyway, so the, uh, what do you see the way forward, George? And then I'm going to talk about a subject that maybe I shouldn't talk about. I'm going to talk about it anyway. So yeah. what do you see the way forward? I mean, technically, George, with BATCON, your energy storage, new new, new technologies. I, I Well, I think you, you just about summed it. We, we need to move forward. One of, one of the challenges we have is that I probably am really well aware of because of the training is that we, we, we still, we don't have this core of people. We, we've lost about, I would say, two generations of the workforce that haven't been trained because it, it, it didn't become the political thing to do, maybe. But the point is that there's a, there's a missing part of knowledge within, and not just within the, it's within the utilities, within telecom, within the data centers as well. So we, we're trying to, we're always trying to make sure that those percentage of people that are coming to BATCON for the first time are covered within the subject matter we're talking about. So it, it sometimes for somebody that might be coming on a regular basis, there's a few of the presentations seem to be below it. But but now I think we're covering that with the training sessions, that, that those three sessions you talk about at the start of the conference, they're, they're the place where we need to continue doing the basic knowledge type presentation, A, for the people that don't have it, and sometimes for people that are basically an update so that they get more value out of the papers they're going to hear later on from the actual stage. But we definitely need to 
we are going to have to get into energy storage in a big way. Definitely new battery technologies, because there are some very interesting ones. We, we've heard a little bit about some of them this time, but it, it really is the, there's a move put, you know, we, we still, I always jokingly say that, you know, our old granddaddy of the lead acid battery back in 1859, Mr. Plante, we still, after all this time, we still don't understand everything that goes on in a lead acid battery. There are still stuff going on that, you know, why did that happen? But at the same time, we have to start understanding the new batteries, the new technologies, the potential, and not just keep putting them to one side because they they clearly have a role to play. So that's what I, I, I think we need to continue the, the technical discussions. I think we need to we need to try and get even more people to understand. We need to we need to try and help the companies themselves understand the value of coming to a conference like BatCon. And that in some ways that's one of the challenges that we have by keeping it in Florida. But at the same time, you know. We, we we have the hotels in Florida that have the capacity. It's easier to get flights to Florida than probably any place else in the USA. You know, we did, we went to, remember, we went to Nashville one year and that, it just didn't work pretty well for people. So I, I that's, you know, but the corporate wise, they might say, oh, you're just going for a party. It's not a party, as you, as you pointed out. We, we do all the training during, all the talks during the day. We have the trade show at night, which people come and attend. We do give them, we make it a social event at the same time. And then we have at least one after after the exhibition type party. One of the, one of the vendors puts a party on for that. So it keeps, the whole objective is to keep all the people within the area so that the conversations actually never stop. Oh, I, I I went to the after party party, and I was still talking to customers. To the point at which my wife said, "Do you ever shut up?" Well, I I can tell your wife, George, that you never do. You're a little bit like me. You tend to go on and on. So, but I I, I think we're we're going to see a lot more on new technologies. The old lead heads like you and I are probably going to be disappointed at that. But you know, we've we've got to drag ourselves into the into the present. Although lead acid, as I keep saying, it's lead is not dead. I got quite a chuckle yesterday. I was reading. I get a weekly newsletter from our friends or our enemies at Battery Energy Stories Magazine, and I'll send it to I'll send it to you guys of HQ, but. Basically, somebody's come out with an electric vehicle charging station backed up by what? Lead acid batteries. <laughs> yes, I can believe that. But anyway, lead is not dead. But I, th I think we're going to see a lot more on safety, for instance. A lot of the major insurance companies, particularly, for instance, the large ones like Factory Mutual, they're beginning to take a closer look at deployment of batteries since now they're becoming more and more prevalent in outside outside plant and energy storage. Now, you know, I don't want to pick on any particular type of battery, but, you know, there's 
with some unpleasant occurrences. And there's new technologies coming in. And who knows what's going to happen there? So you're going to see a lot more on, on safety. But you're going to see a lot more on safety with respect to the people installing and maintaining these batteries. I think it's a shame sometimes that there's companies out there who say that they're experts in battery installations. Or, and you look at some of the pictures they proudly send out to you on LinkedIn or something like that. Now, I'm not talking about all the companies, but there's a few. And they say, look at this installation, isn't it great? And I can pick about half a dozen problems with it. So, you know, we're going to have to talk about you know, installers and user safety as well. But we're running probably got about 10 minutes left. I don't know, something like that. But I'm going to talk about something you can chip in anytime, George, that maybe I shouldn't talk about or maybe I, I'm out of, out of order here. But, you know, you know me, it's easier to ask forgiveness. So anyway, Bat, Batcon has come to a crossroads. When I say a crossroads, Batcon was started by Albert who ran a very good conference. It was taken over when by Verdif, because Verdif bought Albert. This is about probably seven or eight years ago. And Verdif, thankfully, and I thank them, decided to continue with Batcon. Well, things have changed a little bit at Verdif. There's new management, which is just not a bad thing, but they've decided that they were no longer going to sponsor Batcon. Now, this may be breaking news from, for somebody, but I get phone calls every day to say what's happening with Batcon and everything else. So that's, that needs to be out there, you know, because if I don't tell you, somebody else is going to. So the technical committee have got together. We've had a couple of conference calls, and we've decided we're going, Batcon is not going to die, that we're going to make it bigger and better. And I'm not to say necessarily say bigger, but we're going to go on, keep the same high quality. And we're presently, as I speak, we're looking for new sponsors. Now, I don't know whether this is going to be a single company. It's hard to get a single company because people always say that, you know, that they're biased. They're going to, you know, be, they're going to be the commercial part of the conference. Also, maybe it's going to be a consortium of companies to put up the money. Batcon makes a profit. Maybe... Uh, I'm not talking about anything I shouldn't be there, but Batcon does make a profit. So we're also looking at maybe some other entity, such maybe as the IEEE or Battery Council International or something like that to pick up the pick up, I won't say the thesis, but to pick up the pick up the reins and continue with Batcon. And there will be a Batcon next year. It will probably be in Florida. It'll probably be in May, but we won't know this for until about a month's time. So there you have it, straight from the guy who's going to get his wrist slapped down the line here a little bit. So maybe, David, I don't know when you're going to release this podcast, but can you hold hold it on for a week or so? So anyway, George, what's your comment on that? Well, you, you say, what should you be talking about it? I was up in King of Prussia last week for the summer IEEE session on the committees and it was the topic of conversation at every break and in every bar so you know it's it's out amongst all of us involved in the industry yes you're you're telling it people outside but 
that's a good thing because what you're telling them is that this is going to go ahead. Just if you've maybe heard that Vertebra are not going to support it anymore. There was rumors about that during the conference itself. You know, I had people talking about is, you know, there's no announcement of where the next BatCon is going to be. Is there going to be a BatCon? So no, I, I think it was already out there in questions. So let's let's be honest. We are not going to allow it to die. There's enough people that, like you and I, that were in at the very start and have put a lot of work into in the way of doing papers and attending and all the rest of it. That it's and we recognize the true value of it. So it's it's going to succeed. We will do it. In all fairness to Berta, they have agreed to, my understanding is they've agreed to transfer the name and the archive of papers. So we 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 know we will be able to continue to support all the people that we were supporting before in that sense. Well, as I say, George, let's hope it's going to be. I, I, I have every confidence it's, it's going to be, it's going to continue. I'm positive of that, having talked to a lot of the players. But, you know, it, it may change a little bit. It may not always be in Florida because hotels are very expensive there. Some people want to change a venue, but that's, that's only a minority. Most people want it to stay in Florida. So mm -hmm. we're going to have to work with that. And we're going to have to work with these trade show people. We're going to have to work with a lot of things. We've got to find out what other conferences are going on at the same time. And we usually end up having BATCON within a week or two of the Battery Council International. And we usually end up with having it within a week or two of, as happened this year, with IEEE summer meeting. So IEEE actually sponsored, I believe it was the second BATCON or put their name to the second bad con. So with IEEE, if we can get them to support us, or at least give us their blessing, that would be a great thing. Because most of the, if not all of the technical committee, and a lot of the speakers like yourself, George, are all IEEE folks. And they're involved with the writing of standards. Standards are becoming more important because there's more of them. Yeah, that was why there were so many papers on them because there was there's so many different ones coming in, mainly attached to energy storage, safety, battery reliability, stuff like that. And it's you have to be aware of it all. Yeah, but I think, that's, that's I think one of the, sorry, I was just going to say that I think one of the things that we may also focus a little bit more on. You touched on it, but on the installation part and the system integration part of it that was you know there was a there was an industry out there doing that but that's sort of, with the because so much of it was sent to china at one point that those capabilities have disappeared so we probably need to start talking more about that part of it as part of the conference as well and what I was going to say george about codes and being so many of them i used to say i can't claim I was the first person to say it, but I used to say that the nice thing about codes and standards is that there's so many of them to choose from. And, and often that's not left up to the individual, it's up left to, to the local jurisdiction. I think we'll probably get, I'd love to get some electrical inspectors or building inspectors, what have you, in to talk to us. Because, you know, that is, 
you know, you, you're going to install a battery in Pedersen's home in Hagerstown, Maryland, right? Now, you're going to have to find out what the authority have in jurisdiction. And you may have a couple. You may have the state, you may have the county, you may have the municipality. What they, what the standards they want it done to, what, what you have to be aware of, National Electric Code, which one is applicable, might not be the latest one, which IEEE standard guide. IEEE, dirty little secret, does not write codes. Although might say code, they're not enforceable by law. Although there, a lot of times there, people will ask to be in accordance with IEEE, XYZ. But there's also, you know, fire codes. There's environmental codes. Just think of it. So that's just to put a, if you want to put a solar panel on your roof, George, and install a, you know, a inverter and a battery in your basement, you're going to have to think about that. You won't know it. But also, if you ever get an electric vehicle, which I don't think you will, but you're going to have to put a charging station in as your home. So what codes and standards are applicable to that? So BATCON, uh, we're talking about stationary batteries here. Not, so much, not for your electric vehicle, but if your charging station is powered by, by a stationary lead-acid battery, you, you may have to consider things. So to me, that's very important. And I can see that happening down the, going down the line. But we don't want BATCON to be overtaken by you know, energy storage. Just like, in my opinion, the IEEE Power Engineering Society, Power and Energy Society, to give us proper name now, ESSB, Energy Storage Stationary Battery Committee, has kind of been taken over, in my opinion, a little bit by the energy, energy storage people. What not, say you, George? Not, not not quite. We are still we're still fighting our way through it. There's there's a lot more te new technologies in it. You know, I, I myself sit in one of them on, on the new nickel based and aqueous based electrolyte batteries, but that's that's fine. And you're probably right about the electric car, Alan, because when you consider there isn't room in my garage to get the cars in, so there sure as hell isn't room to put a charging station in there either. But that's that's a personal problem. But uh, no, I, I I really think that you're right. But some of the things we've changed, as I said, I, I come back to it, that installation training, talking about that, installation standards, because they seem to have disappeared. You know, when you and I were doing it, you know, it was done to the way AT&T wanted or the, you know, the, the NEBS and all the rest of it. Most of that seems to have disappeared when you when you look at some of the stuff and you, you pass your comment, you look at some of the drawings, you can find all the things you'd see wrong. So I think some of that is going to have to come back into the the background part of it as well, because it's all it's all part of it. It's all part of the the reliability. And unfortunately, no matter how much work we've done within BATCON, as you pointed out the other day when you sent it to me. The latest report on reliability of data centers and that still has power power problems as top of the list of the reasons for unplanned outages. So we still have a lot of work to do. Hey guys, as we, if you guys don't mind, maybe we'll we'll move towards wrapping this up. But I wanted to bring in Chris, Alan, Chris Melby's here as well, and you know, speaking of installation standards and 
both Chris and myself are, were newbies to BatCon this year. And, you know, you guys offer obviously 25 years of history and experience at BatCon, but I think both Chris and I got a lot out of it as well, just from our first time there. So especially from a guy who's out in the field, an installer, a technician, I thought it might be interesting to hear from Chris as to what his experience was like and, and maybe what he got out of some of the sessions and, and some of the panel discussions at BatCon, if you don't mind. Sure. That's all. Hi. Hi, Chris. How's it going? So, so what did you think of it, Chris? Well, it was my first time, like Dave said, so I thought it was decent. I don't have anything to compare it to, but uh, it, it was informative. I the, the part I took away the most was the, the discussions about doing the manual resistance testing, the, the specific gravity readings maybe not being as important as I, I've been trained to do in, in past, but it, it, it was informative. The, the resistance testing being dependent on not only the, the tool being used consistently and calibrated, but also the person doing it and, and the measuring points for, for doing internal resistance or strap resistance was important. And they talked about that. And it, when you, when you kind of sit back and think about it, you, you, it, it makes sense. If, if your probes aren't in the right spot, if, if you're measuring with a different tool, you're going to get different values. So that it just kind of, I don't know how to say it, but it, it just kind of made it all click. I guess when, when you sit down and hear other people have a discussion about that. So it was, it was, it was good for me. Chris, we're glad to have you there. And I'm sure you talked to a lot of people experienced the same problems, you know, that you're having or same, not so much problems, but the same approach to things. You know, you did mention the fact that specific gravity wasn't as important as, a, as just say as it used to be. Mr. Peterson on his panel session put put that a new light on it, which I totally agree with, is that it is important. It depends when. What I truly was trying to get away from was the you know the monthly or the quarterly specific gravity readings, which in my mind a lot of times were meaningless because you didn't really know the state of charge of the battery. They were meaningless because of stratification within the electrolyte. They were meaningless because they weren't taken properly. They weren't read properly. You know, it takes a lot to skill to read a bulb type hydrometer. And all you achieved in the end was the drops of electrolyte on top of the battery. So, but anyway, it's a very useful tool, as George explained at the conference. But uh, Chris, uh, I know you learned a lot. Would you recommend it to others? Yeah, I, I, I would. I mean, just just being able to sit into those discussions and and hear you know, what what everybody has to say about it instead of you know, I've worked at, at a smaller battery company, a larger battery company, so you, you kind of hear one or two people's opinions. So when you get everybody into a room and you can hear everybody's opinions. It, it, I think it's helpful to really set a good direction on, on what the standards actually mean. If, if, if you go on the internet and you read about a standard, you, you can take away your interpretation. But if you get a panel up and, and you hear the, 
their discussions, sometimes it might not be as clear as you expected it to be, but you, you at least get some, some really educated opinions on it that, that are helpful. Well, I think Chris, what you're really talking about is that, you know, we all joke about it, but the, the standard response to any question you got about batteries is it depends because all the things you're talking about depends on so many other factors around at the time. And a lot of work, a lot of this stuff is because how the different industries, whether it's data centers, communications, or, or the utilities, how they how they handle doing DC power or AC power is slightly different. So that there's there's all these things to take into account when you and you and you're you're getting a chance to hear it from people from within these individual industries. So you're you're really getting a cross section of views about how they're doing the job. Yeah. No. Some of the better careful how I say this, but some of the worst advice I've had in my career associated with batteries came from the battery manufacturers. And I got a, you'll get a, I don't know if you picked up on it, Chris, but I don't know what session it was or where it was at BATCON. We're talking about ohmic measurements. And somebody said, and the manufacturers agreed, don't rely on the manufacturer's published data because it's not going to be right. And George knows what I'm talking about there. Yeah. It, it, as I said, it's it's an education for everybody. I, I can't tell you how many I've been to. Most of them have been later on. Alan was in our friendship. He was our rep, my representative for, for many years at the start because I just wasn't working places where I could go to back on. It's only in the latter years now I've become much more actively involved in it. But it's just the, the amount of knowledge I've gained from it, from listening to people, just getting to know people in the industry. And probably one of the biggest things I have is that if somebody asks me a question and I don't know the answer to it, which there's a lot of those around, I know who to call. That, that probably is the, that relationship that you build with all the people in a place like Batcon is is part of what will well, why we all want it to continue because it's, it's the value of meeting all these people and getting to hear their opinions and their experiences. Would you agree, Alan? Oh, hundred percent. The uh, the nice thing about Batcon, Chris, I hope you get to go again. Is you know when you've been there two or three times, you get to know people and people get to know you. And you strike up a friendship and you bounce things off them. Okay, I, I have this problem or how, how do I handle this you know, particular code or whatever? You'll find, you, you'll find somebody there. You may know them from previous BATCONs. who's going to answer that question. As George says, you know, there's, there's two things. One is the general answer of it depends. You, you, learn, you learn what... It depends means, and you know whether it depends on the temperature, whether it depends on the current, whether it depends on the location, whether it depends on the type of battery. So, and also you learn to to you know take with a a grain of salt sometimes what other people have told you, people that maybe have been in the industry for years and haven't come out from under the rock. So. You get a lot of bad advice, but you can filter that out as well. 
I learned a lot at Batka. I learned something every year. And I, I don't profess to know 50% of it. So anyway, that, that's my opinion. And we'll probably have to wind it up in a minute, but I'm going to let George have the last word here. You sure? You no, use... this time. This, this time, George. Okay. Well, well, my last word is, is I'm just going to say that for everybody that's listening to this, uh, don't worry. BatCon will be there next year. And uh, just please attend because you are going to get some of the best information you can ever get in your life about batteries and the job you're doing it. And you can have fun because well, I will admit the jokes aren't very good. You know, we, we have a problem with the jokes coming from the committee, but it's just one of those little things we have to put up with. Would you agree, Mr. Byrne? Well, you had the last word, George. So now you, not, 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 now you've you've ruined that for yourself. So why don't not let David, why don't let David have the last word here? All right, I'll wind it up. But yeah, I, I had a great time this year too, guys. I really like the format, kind of some of the things that you guys talked about the the educational sessions in the afternoon, the trade show at night with a couple of beers and some some nice food. Really makes for some some genuine conversations and like like Chris just mentioned to that cross section of of technicians, engineers, educators, marketing people like myself just all getting together and really discussing all the different issues that we face is is really enlightening to be able to to get together in one place and do that. So, yeah, we'll look for Batcon to continue and we encourage everyone to to join and and Get down to Florida, and if you're coming from somewhere cold like we always are, it's a nice thing to do in in the early spring. So, thanks for everyone everyone for joining us. Thanks, Chris, for stopping in, and uh, George and Alan. As always, it's been a pleasure. Have a great day. We hope you can join us next time. And in the meantime, if you have any questions for the Battery Blarney Duo or anything else you want us to discuss in next week's episode, please email us at info at eepowersolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you then.